just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, as far as I'm concerned, Sunday was the official start of summer in the city. Here's why. Because my phone exploded with texts from friends asking if my pool was open yet. I'm lucky my apartment building has a pool. And if you're a Salt Laker, you know that is liquid gold. Because in a city that gets so damn hot, there really aren't that many places to take a dip. But there used to be. People used to swim in the Great Salt Lake a lot and hang out at the Saltaire, the first Great Saltaire. Salt Laker Ian Christensen is working on a book about it, and he's here today to share a bit of the lost history of the Saltaire Resort. It's Thursday, May 19th, 2022. I'm Ali Bayarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Ian, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to chat with you about the Great Saltaire, and I know that it is a deep and fascinating history, and we're not going to be able to cover all of it in the next 20 minutes or so here. But, you know, I've driven by the Saltaire, um, the the newest iteration of the Saltaire, many times. It's, of course, on the southern shore of the Great Salt Lake. But my understanding is that there have been many Saltaires, and there's a lot of mythology around this space and this place in Salt Lake Um, And I think a lot of people maybe even kind of scoff at it. And I'm curious for, you know, casual Saltaire drivers by, what are some things you think we should really understand about the history of this place? Number one would be that that building that's out there uh, is not the one built in 1893. Really? Okay, that I feel like I could assess. Yeah, when I tell people that that's not the same building, they're totally surprised because they think the lake has moved that much. And I'm like, what? No, that one was never, never over water. It was flooded once, but that's not because it was built over water. What is the Saltaire that was built in 1893? Uh, the Saltaire that was built in 1893 was uh, a bathing resort, and it was the ninth one. There was eight others before it all along the wow. eastern and sh- southern shore of the lake. One purpose of it being built is to show that Utah was normal so that we could get statehood. Interesting. And a lot of the statehood meetings and celebrations were actually held out at Saltaire when they got statehood. So it was an effort to sort of woo the nation into being impressed by us in a sense? Uh, yeah. And it, for the most part, it was uh, successful. So the Saltaire Bathing Resort, why do we no longer have that and any other bathing resorts along the lake? Uh, the lake is very fickle, uh, as has been popular in the news lately. People have been yes. talking about it losing water, and and it is at a historic low, but the lake has gotten near this level before uh, several times in its history. And so bathing resorts that were put up on the lake shore, you know, they would be operating, but as soon as the beach left you, you had no, no business because nobody wanted to come to the resort then to have to walk a mile out to get to water that could huh. they could swim in. Okay. 
So even though it had the novelty of floating in the water, it still wasn't enough to draw people to walk a mile from where they had to take a train to get to and things like that. Hmm. So is that ultimately what led to the closure of the Saltaire Bathing Resort? Because I thought there had been a fire. There was a fire. There's multiple fires. They had a major fire. So the first one was built in 1893 and it burned down in 1925. Uh, they rebuilt in 26 with one that's called Saltaire 2, where it was built on the exact same site, um, just different architecture, more modern 1930s architecture. And it lasted until 1958. And uh, by the, its last 20 years or so, there was no water underneath it. And so they actually had to build a train from the resort to the beach. Interesting. So the Salte that we have now is basically like a music venue. How did we get that? Because you would think they would kind of just give up on the idea altogether. Why bother to build another Saltaire? Uh, so the one that's out there now has uh, no connection to the other ones, uh, other than name and uh, a bad copy of the architecture. <laughs> so it was started by a man named uh, Wally Wright, and he was a real estate developer here in Salt Lake. And he was known as a junker. He was known of taking junk and turning it into money-making ventures. Like how? He's the one that renovated uh, Trolley Square into a mall. Uh, oh, okay. Because Trolley Square used to be where Salt Lake City's uh, trolley system was all based out of. So it was all just a bunch of train uh, warehouses and things like that. And he turned it into a mall. Okay. He was old enough that he had gone to Saltaire too as a child and had fond, really fond memories of it. You know, he wanted to rebuild it. He didn't want to rebuild it just because of his fond memories. He wanted to make money, obviously. But he bought an old aircraft hangar from Hill Air Force Base and moved it uh, to where it is today and made it look like Saltaire. Um, it's on a different site because of I-80 and the freeway exit that was already there. And so he built it to make it accessible to the freeway easier. So this was really just like a, a project of nostalgia? Yeah, you could say that. You know, he he installed, they had a roller coaster that he basically built himself and was uh, really sketchy. <laughs> it had go-karts and, you know, they had, they had bump boat rides and, and he tried to get it to be what it once had been. Um, but shortly after it opened, the, the Great Salt Lake rose to its highest levels ever. It was even higher than when the pioneers got here in Utah. And so... It completely put the building five feet underwater. Hmm. Since 2005, it's been owned as a, a really good music venue and has really been that ever since, really. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of the mythology I hear about the Saltaire is people saying that it was specifically built all the way out there on 80 so that people who were not conservative or not LDS would have a music venue to like basically rage in and be loud and party hard. Is there any truth to that? Uh, no. <laughs> that, uh, that's probably what it has become. And hmm. whoever bought it probably had that intention. But the reason the building was out there is because it was on the southern shore and to use the namesake and to be like the old Saltaire. So, yeah, that's what it's become, but that's not what it was intended to be. Okay. So going back to the original Saltaire, the bathing resort, are there any sort of curiosities or mythologies around that that place or interesting histories that you think we should keep in mind the next time we drive past it? The church as an entity never owned Saltaire. Uh, the, sh the shareholders were all leaders in the church and high up, but the churches itself never 
owned any. People over the years have assumed that it was like BYU, where there was church leaders keeping you apart and all these things. It, it wasn't. You know, the intention was to make it a more safe place for families. And for the most part, it was. I mean, the resort sold alcohol. That was the resort's actually largest uh, income producer. Interesting. For a few years in the early 1900s, they stopped selling alcohol, but uh, almost went bankrupt. And so they started instituting it again. Mm -hmm. And this is pre-prohibition. Yes, it was. this was like 1902, 1903. Okay. Several times during that fight, the church leaders told them, they're like, the other resorts sell alcohol. We're going to sell alcohol because it's part of the business model. I mean, that kind of tracks. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I think it's so curious to think about the Great Saltaire and like the, you know, the southern shore of the Salt Lake is a place where people swam and like went to the beach and like, you know, that there was this sort of like cultural phenomenon around the lake. Because I think if you ask a lot of people's now how they feel about the lake, based on my conversations, what they tell you is it smells, it's not that pretty, but we're supposed to care a lot about it. And, and that's sort of like where we've come. That's the point we've come to with the lake. And do you think that the history of the Great Saltaire is like part of how we ended up here? You know, it could be. I think, I think more of the things being built in town for people to do, because a lot of people don't, you know, they look at it with their 22 eyes instead of 1893 eyes. And there was no air conditioning. There was no reservoirs. You know, there's no swimming pools. The place to go cool off was to go swim in the Great Salt Lake. And even before, before the bathing resort era, which started in uh, 1870, uh, it was a three or four hour horse ride from downtown Salt Lake to the lakeshore. So it was, a, it was a dedicated thing. I've heard the comparison made between the Saltaire and Coney Island. And I wonder how you feel about that parallel, of course, Coney Island being the sort of like amusement park. Well, the great Saltaire of New York, <laughs> if you will. Um, yeah. How do you feel about that comparison? Do you think that, that those two things are aligned? I, I do because it was actually modeled after Coney Island. Oh, really? Coney oh. Island was the inspiration for it. And so for many years, the resort's tagline was Coney Island of the West. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Coney Island is a pretty fun place to go and like get a hot dog. Although it's it's maintained itself, I think, a little bit better than the Great Saltaire. But that might just be because of investment. I'm curious how you came to this history because you have an Instagram page. I know you're working on a book about the history of the Great Saltaire. How did this become a part of a part of your life? I'm a big time roller coaster enthusiast. Mm. I like writing them. I like studying about them. I have software where I design my own designs and put them up on YouTube, uh, just just for the fun of it. Aside from doing my own custom roller coasters, I like to recreate ones that really existed at one time. I started doing uh, the giant racer at Saltaire. I'd known that they'd had a roller coaster. So I started looking into it. Um, I was able to get in contact with an old ride operator uh, that used to run it. <laughs> Instead of just being a main a ride operator, he was also a mechanic on it. And his dad was the manager of the ride for the ride's whole existence, except for its last two years. So he had all the info memorized. Uh, he could tell you all the bolt sizes even still today. Wow. So I, I showed him what I had done. He 
we went over it. He was like, this needs to change. This needs to change. <laughs> and so he's like, this is, this is how it was here. This is how it was here. You need to change this. And so I spent six months working on it again. I met with him again and showed it to him. And he was like, that's spot on. That's exactly how the ride was. Like, mm-hmm. So I just kind of caught the history bug there and said, well, I got to learn about the other ones. I uh, started telling people about it and they were like, well, you should, you should write about the whole resort. And so I kind of took the, the advice from people and just decided, well, I'm going to turn it into a full-fledged book about the resort. And it has definitely blossomed into way more than I anticipated yeah. they were starting. But I've grown to love the resort and I, I really sad it's not there anymore. Do you think that Lagoon is our modern Solterre? I'm trying to think of something that's even comparable that we've got at the city now. Lagoon is is awesome. Lagoon is actually as big as it is because they were competing with Solterre. Oh, Solterre installing a roller coaster is what inspired Lagoon to compete and install a roller coaster. Hmm. Lagoon might have actually shut down if Solterre had kept being successful. Was there anything else I should ask you about the Great Saltaire that you think we should keep in mind about this resort? It's important to remember history and to preserve it as much as possible and to remember it correctly, I guess. The story of Saltaire has been completely mistold for far too long. And that's my that's my goal of my book is to correct that story. Well, and as we think about, I think this lake and like being in this moment of, I think a bit of a reckoning between Salt Lakers and their Salt Lake. I think looking back on our relationship with the lake and the histories of the lake and the kind of cultural sustenance that it's provided, I think it's important to reflect on that and think about beyond just something now we kind of drive past and bemoan that it stinks or it's low. Ian, thank you so much for your time and for sharing just a couple of gems with us. We look forward to reading your book soon. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been a great time. A little news before we go. In case you forgot, it's the interim legislative session. Haha, I won't let you forget. And on Tuesday, the Legislative Water Development Commission met to discuss, of course, our water crisis. During this meeting, they commissioned a study of the idea to build a pipeline to carry water from the Pacific Ocean to the Great Salt Lake. When asked about this idea by Ben Winslow at Fox 13, the commission's co-chair, Senator David Hankins of Orangeville, said, quote, there's a lot of water in the ocean and we have very little in the Great Salt Lake, end quote. He's not wrong about the lake. It's predicted to reach yet another historic low this year. There's arsenic in the lake bed. Utah is in a state of emergency for drought right now. Another one. We were in one last year, too. Ben Winslow asked the committee's other co-chair if the committee was really serious about exploring this pipeline project, which would require plowing through Nevada and California to reach the Pacific Ocean and could cost billions of dollars. Again, it's just a study. But Representative Joel Ferry told Ben, quote, oh, no, we're dead serious about this, end quote. Personally, I'd like to see significant measures enforced to reduce water use for crops, livestock and golf courses first. Those three sectors make up a majority of Utah's water use. But why have difficult conversations with your constituents when you could quickly wrap your arms around a massive development project? It's the Utah way. 
<clears throat> Excuse me, the gondola is calling. That's our show today here on CityCast Salt Lake. If you want to learn even more about the Saltaire, you can follow at The Lost History of Saltaire on Instagram for great pics and accompanying anecdotes. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.